Hello, my name is Kyle Burrell, and I am quite partial to telling stories, some true, about an old friend of mine named Robert Frost, you know, the poet. Have a listen to this tale I told about Rob when I recently spoke at the Derry, New Hampshire Centennial Celebration of 1927. Turns out, Rob and I attended the same high school in Lawrence, Mass., but only for one year when he was a 15-year-old sophomore and I was a 24-year-old senior. Something you probably wouldn't see these days. You see, I had left school after the 8th grade and returned 10 years later after making my way in the world doing various menial jobs. Anyway... Rob and I were odd ducks, you know, a bit different from our classmates. Me, so much older, and Rob, well, pretty smart, but also new in the school and a little standoffish, if you know what I mean. So we took to spending time together, and I let him in on the things that piqued my interest. American humor, for one, authors like Artemis Ward and Josh Billings and Mark Twain, Rob thought what makes Mark best of them all is the best thing he ever wrote himself, the celebrated jumping frog of Calaveras County. We laughed loud and long over that one. I also shared with Rob the Darwin book on evolution, which seemed somewhat new at the time and long before the recent Scopes monkey trial. We wondered together about the apparent conflict of evolution and Christian doctrine. Not to be resolved by us, of course. And, naturally, we covered botany. In particular, the ferns and orchids that are so common in this part of the world. Now, for a while in high school, Rob sold subscriptions to a weekly publication called The Youth's Companion. He would earn points towards a prize. But his neighborhood in Lawrence was so poor, selling subscriptions was tough, and Rob got very discouraged. He got a little help selling to his mother's friends, and in the end actually did get a prize for all his hard work. A telescope. A star splitter. And through that telescope, he got to see the rings of Saturn and learn to plot the constellations. Sure enough, the Star Splitter appears in Rob's latest book called New Hampshire, which, as I mentioned, won him the Pulitzer Prize just a few years back. Imagine that. Our Rob wins a Pulitzer Prize. In the Star Splitter, the so-called hugger farmer named Brad McLaughlin burns his house down for the fire insurance and buys himself a telescope. When I read of Brad McLaughlin busy outdoors by lantern light with something he should have done by daylight, it made me think of Rob, who may not have burned his own house down, but certainly became a hugga farmer. So here is the star splitter. The star splitter. 
You know, Orion always comes up sideways, throwing a leg up over our fence of mountains, and rising on his hands, he looks in on me, busy outdoors by lantern light with something I should have done by daylight, and indeed, after the ground is frozen, I should have done before it froze. And a gust flings a handful of waste leaves at my smoky lantern chimney to make fun of my way of doing things, or else fun of Orion's having caught me. As a man, I should like to ask, no rights these forces are obliged to pay respect to? So Brad McLaughlin mingled reckless talk of heavenly stars with hugger farming, till having failed at hugger farming, he burned his house down for the fire insurance and spent the proceeds on a telescope to satisfy a lifelong curiosity about our place among the infinities. What do you want with one of those blame things, I asked him well beforehand. Don't you get one. Don't call it blamed. There isn't anything more blameless in the sense of being less a weapon in our human fight, he said. I'll have one if I sell my farm to buy it. There where he moved the rocks to plow the ground and plowed between the rocks he couldn't move, few farms changed hands. So rather than spend years trying to sell his farm and then not selling, he burned his house down for the fire insurance and bought the telescope with what it came to. He had been heard to say by several, The best thing that we're put here for is to see. The strongest thing that's given us to see with is a telescope. Someone in every town, seems to me, owes it to the town to keep one. In Littleton, it may as well be me. After such loose talk, it was no surprise when he did what he did and burned his house down. Mean laughter went about town that day to let him know we weren't the least imposed on. And he could wait. We'd see to him tomorrow. But the first thing next morning we reflected if one by one we counted people out for the least sin, it wouldn't take us long to get so we had no one left to live with. For to be social is to be forgiving. Our thief, the one who does our stealing from us, we don't cut off from coming to church suppers, but what we miss we go to him and ask for. He promptly gives it back, that is, if still uneaten, unworn out, or undisposed of. It wouldn't do to be too hard on Brad about his telescope. Beyond the age of being given one for Christmas gift, he had to take the best way he knew how to find himself in one. Well, all he said was he took a strange thing to be roguish over. Some sympathy was wasted on the house, a good old-timer dating back along. But a house isn't sentient. The house didn't feel anything. And if it did, why not regard it as a sacrifice? And an old-fashioned sacrifice by fire instead of a new-fashioned one at auction. Out of a house, and so out of a farm at one stroke of a match, Brad had to turn to earn a living on the Concord Railroad as under-ticket agent at a station where his job, when he wasn't selling tickets, was setting out up, track, and down 
Not plants as on a farm, but planets. Evening stars that varied in their hue from red to green. He got a good glass for $600. His new job gave him leisure for stargazing. Often he bid me come and have a look up the brass barrel, velvet black inside, at a star quaking in the other end. I recollect a night of broken clouds and underfoot snow melted down to ice and melting further in the wind to mud. Bradford and I had out the telescope. We spread our two legs as we spread its three, pointed our thoughts the way we pointed it, and standing at our leisure till the day broke, said some of the best things we ever said. That telescope was christened the Star Splitter, because it didn't do a thing but split a star in two or three, the way you split a globule of quicksilver in your hand with one stroke of your finger in the middle. It's a star splitter if there ever was one, and not to do some good of splitting stars, a thing to be compared with splitting wood. We've looked and looked. What, after all, where are we? Do we know any better where we are? and how it stands between the night to night and a man with a smoky lantern chimney. How different from the way it ever stood.